0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Join us, everyone, and the Retail Management Solutions team better known as RMS, for a brand new webinar where we'll talk about pharmacists, pharmacy industry experts, and business innovators to give you insight on important pharmacy trends and the best way to grow your bottom line. We're talking about CLIMB. The CLIMB webinar series is produced exclusively for pharmacy owners and provides tools that any owner can use to reach and even exceed profitability and customer centricity goals. Once again, this is the RMS Climb event. Uh, Please be on the lookout for new podcasts coming up every month regarding Climb. Check out their website, rm-solutions.com. That's rm-solutions.com. And as always, we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.
2: Good morning, Terry. Welcome back to Climb.
0: Morning, Brad. I am thrilled to be
2: here today. Uh, it's great to have you. And I'll tell you what it's been—it's been fun over the last couple of weeks talking and, <laughs> and realize just how eye to eye we feel and 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 how. And just how passionate we are about this topic. So you know, today we're going to be talking about building great pharmacy teams through leadership and training. And uh, um, you know, it's things that you teach, things that 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 I've been doing here at twenty for twenty two years. And it's just really a lot of fun to get the opportunity to share uh, with our with our customers um, and with all of our viewers. So let's just get, dive in because we've got about thirty five to forty minutes and. We could spend hours on any one of the things we're going to talk about. So let's just start with a simple question. Why are we having this conversation in the first place?
0: Well, I love that broad, big picture conversation. Um, And, you know, it's essential. It's essential to talk about the importance of training and leadership because it's through leadership that employees are able to do their best. Um, it's about heightening engagement, it's about setting your team up for success, and it's really the leader's responsibility. And so often, the conversation is around there's not enough time, there's not enough money, we don't have enough resources. And I think this conversation today, Brad, is about busting through those myths, because from a leader's position, training setting people up to do the best they can, because I believe there's a premise here that people want to do the best they can. It's just so often they don't know what's expected. They don't know they've not been trained to elevate, to step up at a higher level. And that's a leader, a manager, whatever the department head, whatever we want to call that person's, you know, title, it's, it's, it's their job. It's so important.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and you're right, and I think as we get into this conversation further, we're gonna we're gonna explore the fact that this this isn't really an option. Yeah <laughs> if you wanna if you want to succeed and you wanna to continue to grow your business. And and, uh, and also as we were talking, it really starts at the top. It doesn't start at the bottom or in the middle. You have to it has to start at the, the top. So I'm gonna take that on for a little bit.
0: Yes, I pulled a quote from John Maxwell's the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Success. And it, it, he reminds us as, as he does, and he's such a, um, a leadership guru, that only if you reach your potential as a leader, do your people have a chance to reach their potential. So it really stems from investing in yourself as a leader so that you can then also invest in your team. And when we say it starts at the top, it, it reminds me that it's the the leader, the manager, the department head. It's their, their role to define the vision for their group or the vision for the company overall. Um, throw in the mission, like why are we here? What are we here to do? The purpose? Because now more than ever, studies confirm people are, motivated by that sense of bigger purpose and knowing that they're contributing to something bigger than they are and without that vision the mission let's let's throw values right values drive behavior without those core leadership big picture tools it's tough for employees to show up and do their best because you know it's like it's like if you don't have goals and you don't have that target that you're shooting for you know, how do you know how you're doing your best, and and that's that's top level work.
2: Absolutely, yeah. the the um, um, It's it's also ongoing work, right? I mean, it's something you've got to be doing all the time. Yeah. And uh, so, my senior management team and I just participated a couple weeks ago in a three day diversity and leadership uh, um, conference. Uh, it was all day each day and we sat through tons of sessions. And one of the sessions we sat through the, the speaker that I sat through, the speaker uh, talked about um, an article in Ink Magazine that he had just read and he shared it with us. And Karen Decker is going to share a link to all of you that are watching uh, to, to this here in just a second. Uh, and, the, and it was entitled, uh, Developing These Five Habits Will Make You a Once in a Career Leader to Employees. And we're not going to go through all five, but I think that the first one really is uh, going to take us into what we're going to talk about today. And I will read that one. And the first one was create meaning. Yes. Uh, And this ties to what you were just talking about. And, And then I'll read it. Understand that meaning is what motivates employees in a manner that sustains. Foster meaning through actions such as being clear on the organization's purpose encouraging employees to define the legacy they want to leave behind and by granting large swaths of autonomy also create meaning for employees you also create meaning for employees when you invest in their personal growth and development and foster their sense of confidence and self-esteem so <laughs> <laughs> take that on
0: <laughs> yeah that we could spend the next you know, i don't know number of hours unpacking that one that's so spot on and it reminds me of um, you and I were talking about Daniel Pink and his you know book Drive and and the research that he's done around what motivates people and that just summarized it a sense of purpose right why I'm doing what I'm here to do a sense of autonomy you know tell me what's expected and then give me the freedom and a sense of mastery getting better because most people I have found. And I'm gonna give you a caveat here that if you have people on your team who don't want to get better, I'm gonna encourage you to question if you have the right people on your team because that's what life is. It's growth, it's excelling. And and especially the millennials and everyone in the workforce, I'm gonna go with that, they they want to get better, they want to do the best. And how can we give acknowledgement at a girls and attaboys boys and, and you know the dopamine hits? if people don't know, you know, what's expected or how to do their best. And well, you know,
2: and I think you hit on an important point there too, because um, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that growth or getting better, um, that they have to want to climb the ladder um, mm. to be the next CEO or something like that. Uh, and that's not really the case at all. Um, we can help a clerk that only wants, that doesn't want to do anything other than than be a cashier. Um, be the best cashier and the best customer service agent that exists on the planet and we can continue to get them trained to do that and you know and and so i think we make a mistake sometimes as business leaders to think that these are people need to be growing through moving up and not everybody
0: wants to do that no and isn't that a good thing because if everybody was wanting to move up how would we create that stepping stone that ladder where we can encourage people to do better, the key is to encourage them to do better in their current role, right? And if they want to take on, like, you know, we have this conversation around techs. Um, I have a client who has 10 techs and a variety of other people all reporting to the owner. And it's like, God, is just too many direct reports. What about creating an opportunity for techs? to excel and have that opportunity for advancement and growth through being a tech and, and, and desiring to stay a tech and get better as a tech and take on more maybe project work or managing, um, you know, being in a more of a leadership role. There are so many opportunities and today more than ever, the workforce wants to see the opportunity for progression. And I think that's that's been true. It's just now we're talking about it, and we need to do something about it.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, as we were talking, you have uh, you were just reading an article with about thirty, I think it was thirty stats uh, that I think you're going to share. Not all thirty, but you're going to share a few of the key ones. So let's just get right on into that because these are eye opening. I think for should be for a lot of people.
0: They are. It's it was an article. It just came out in March, so it's very relevant and it was focused on millennials and yet i think that millennials are really shining a flashlight on what's important for most people if not everyone in the workforce and so let me let me just share some of these that the pithy ones now know that millennials are those aged 24 to 40 and it said by the year 2025 they'll make up 75 Percent of the workforce, that's not very far away. So it's significant, the statistics that this article um, shared, starting with 30% are not engaged. So we could say disengaged. So if you think about that, if you have 10 employees, you have three employees that are creating drag, um, that they're not lifting up, they're not customer centric. Sometimes they go so far as to sabotage your high performers, which is why high performers leave, because the study also said that this group will leave because of a coworker that is causing disgruntledness or is a bully. Like they are they want a work environment that is engaging, inspiring and calls forth for them to do their best. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, are looking to switch jobs, like yikes is my only comment. Some good news, 44% would be more likely to increase their engagement, and that's what we're talking about. We want a turned on, effective, engaged workforce if their managers met with them regularly. That's almost 50% for just a little bit of TLC, a little bit of time. And I know we're going to talk about some of these solutions, Brad. Let me give you a couple more because I like these stats. 95% think job-specific training is essential to do their job efficiently. And get this, they want mentoring. They want coaching. That's 95% of your team of your workforce wants to, to know how to do their job better. Right. One last stat. Uh, 90%, another high number, want to grow with their current company if provided a chance to grow their skill set. Brad, this is why we're talking about leadership and training being married up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh <clears throat> the stats can be a little scary oh. but those last two are so encouraging mm-hmm. um but you do have to take you but it's in the court is you know the ball is in your court right as as the as the leader here um because i yeah. we all know and we all hear the the most expensive customer is the new customer and it's you know easier to keep keep your customers but that applies to employees as well yes so every time you have to Hire and you have to train a new employee, it's taking away, it's expensive, right? And to lose those employees and have high turnover, you've got to fix that. And so what we're seeing is the stats are telling us that teaching, training, showing them how to be a better version of themselves, how to be a better version of, of whatever their role is, uh, is, is absolutely essential. So the old excuse, if I don't have the time, <laughs> that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I, I, we, we we've got all this now. people want solutions. So let's kind of let's start delving into how do we do this? what are what are some of the steps? because we've got to give people some takeaways here.
0: Yeah, we do. and and I love uh, tangible takeaways. So, um, you know, Brad, as you were just talking, it made me think about so many articles I'm reading right now that people want to be seen and appreciated as a whole person mm-hmm. because i've always said who we are on the inside is who shows up in the workplace and so more than ever it's sure the statistics said to increase their skill set it's also to increase who they are individually because that's who's going to be interacting with their coworkers with your patients with your customers and so it's an investment in, in the why and the big picture, which we talked about, you know, knowing that they can make a contribution for your company and in their lives. Because Brad, you, in the, the number one uh, point that was out of the article, the five things to do to be a, an unforgettable manager and leader, it's about helping people see the legacy that they want to create. And so really diving into what's important to them and how can you help them marry up what your vision and mission is and what they're here to do so that it doesn't really feel like work it's just a, a really an extension of who they are i don't know i'm going to go kind of airy manifesting in your business with your customers so i mean it stops being work it starts being their calling it starts being their passion so they're not just punching a time clock they're really doing their heart work
2: yeah, you know, and 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 that ties into one of the courses I took a couple of weeks ago as well on being uh, uh, being an inclusive leader, and um, and one of the key things in many of those leadership classes was talking about being an authentic leader, mm-hmm. and and being you know and and that brings out the authenticity of of all of your employees, but you have to be authentic, and you have to you know you have to. You have to share you have to you have to be uh, you have to share your vision and and encourage people to be authentic and I think that's and they want that but that's how If they can feel like you just said if they can feel like they love coming to work because they get to be themselves they don't have to be somebody that they're
0: really not uh, it makes a huge difference it does make a huge difference it's absolutely true and another uh, solution another way is to provide. Um, mentors. You know, if we go back to the the text again, maybe you set up some sort of a mentoring program. Someone who has um, a committed focus, committed attention, com- a commitment to helping somebody else step up, because they've walked in those shoes before. They know what's important. You know, the, the the mentoring, the feedback. Whether you have a mentor or not, maybe it's their manager, maybe it's the owner, maybe it's the department head that people want more feedback. They want to know, am I doing, am I doing this well? Is there a way I could be doing it more effectively? And it isn't like big sit-downs all the time. It, you know, statistics say they want just five to 10 seconds. Just give me a little attaboy, a little at girl, you know, let me know that I am I am doing a good job here. And, and that is more important than ever. And I can't tell you in how many leadership classes I've taught that it's the, a generational thing i do believe well they're lucky to have a job you know i've told them what to do they should just do it <laughs> old school thinking my friends all oh, you know they really want that acknowledgement they want to know 5 to 10 seconds of your time isn't very much to specifically say i saw you doing this exactly what's in alignment with our value of of innovation you know thank you you're 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 really um a key contributor to the to the organization
2: yeah you know and i i love the mentoring thing and i in our senior staff meeting this last week um brandon bolesky was, was co-host and our director of operations he used a term i had never heard before accountability buddies oh <laughs> and i'm like i love it i don't <laughs> so um and you know so that's something that we're talking about. But the thing, the other thing that I want to point out from that is, is that um, the only, only a, you can only have so many managers in your organization, but you can teach everybody to be a leader. Every single person can be a leader, and so that. And I think that accountability buddies—they don't have to be a manager to do that, right? Um, they can. You can help them become a leader and 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 mentor that and brand new employee. So we're in the process of putting this in place. And I thought it was really cool.
0: Oh, that is a highlight of my day. Brandon, you're talking to my music, man. I mean, if I had a gold star and I was in a room with you, I'd give you one. <laughs> that is, uh, listeners, please write that down. It's, it's free for the, right, Brad? They can take this idea. Oh, run.
2: absolutely.
0: Yeah, this is such a good idea. Yeah, yes, yes. Brandon, good job. Um, and I think what goes right along with that is being able to to demonstrate exactly what you'd like to have done. What comes to my mind is um, the processes, you know, and sometimes you need to change up processes and and making sure that people understand and and then that accountability comes in. And yet for the, the buddies there, it's hard to hold someone accountable if they're not clear on what the expectation is and so often i find that people leaders managers directors owners get very very upset when systems and processes aren't followed or are disrupted and yet oftentimes it's because people lack clarity and so the piece of training that's so important is that clarity ensuring that that it's understood and that the skill set is there
2: yeah, absolutely. You, that skill set has to be there, and and uh, and you have to focus some training attention to the skill set as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, there's there's just so many aspects of where you need to be training. That brings to one of the you know one of the points that uh, we were talking about earlier um, with uh, with training is is uh, um, you have to uh, or not necessarily have to but you should a good practice is to to ask your employees yes right
0: oh yeah you you know what sometimes we think as managers and as leaders we have to have all the answers and we need to be all knowing and all seeing and you you know um how simple is it to ask people you know what from your perspective because they know what they're comfortable doing they know when they really shine and and when they feel they deserve some acknowledgement because they've they've really stepped it up and what would help them to continue to do that? You know, um, I love this question. It came from, um, he is an owner of um, multi-sites and, and he said, he's gonna ask, and I know we're gonna talk about one-on-ones near and dear to my heart. And in each of his one-on-one conversations, he asked, his employees, what would it look like for you to step up 1% this week? Just 1%. So can you imagine if you have everyone on your team stepping up just 1% a week? That is scalable. That's compound effectiveness. And so going back to your your the point of asking, it might be, well, for me to step up, every week, here's what I would need to learn. Here's what I would benefit by. Here's some ideas I have. And then maybe you brainstorm. You know, maybe it's like, well, that idea, yes, and, right? Yes, that's a great idea. And it makes me think of, that's another key takeaway, if you want to jot that down, to play that. I call it a game because I think it's fun. Yes, I love that idea. And it makes me think of this. Because we we each know in our hearts what we're good at and, and where we might want to, you know, spiff up our skill set. And you man, managers might not be able to know that because you don't know the inner workings of what's going on all the time, nor should you.
2: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um... I mean, you have to. I think that's the other thing. One of the things that you know I learned in that class, or you know, I guess I've known, but but it, it, it's enhanced in that class on inclusive leadership is that 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 word inclusive is an important part, and it does it does amount to engaging uh, with your employees on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, and having your managers do that if you're in a larger organization, right? So. Um, you want to talk a little bit more about that?
0: I do. Okay. I I do. It's 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 um it's so important. And I, I I I'll share why. Because I have seen teams escalate. I have seen bottom lines impacted strongly. I have seen engagement go up from simply doing what we call implementing a one-on-one coaching program. And it can sound daunting when, excuse me, when people have so many direct reports because it's really a one-on-one conversation. It doesn't have to take any more from 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 30 if you get really into it, with each employee, with each direct report. Ideally I say once a week, I get a lot of pushback on that. And then I go, okay, once every other week, you know, that's not too many times. And and, and I still sometimes get pushed back, okay, at least once a month. And yet the ideal is once a week to have a sit down with each direct report. And, and it's an investment in them. It, it demonstrates that a, a manager, their manager cares about them. And it's an opportunity to not have phone distractions, not have customer or fellow employee distractions. It's really one-on-one time and doesn't each employee deserve time with their manager for 15 minutes a week I mean, for the results that you get? And so I, I printed out a form, which I'm happy to send over to you, Brad, so that you, we can make it available. Because right. it's really just four basic questions. And, and yet some people have taken and, and blew it up a little bit. They have agenda items to it so that employees come prepared with um their answers to the questions with their agenda items and sometimes managers will tie in the 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 regular i call it a regular the the more tactical um activities or agenda items with with a one-on-one conversation and that's fine it just depends on how you you want to um, set it up and yet the essence of the one-on-one is really about the person not so much about the the tasks, even though you're going to talk about the tasks because that's what they're there to do, and and yet you're investing time and energy and TLC with that person. And the first question is always, and I know always is a big word. Um, so what are you proud of? You know what went well? Where can I give you acknowledgement? And surprisingly, Brad, that is one of the toughest questions for people to answer because as a society, we think it's bragging. We think I don't want to toot my own horn. And yet we know that's always, there is always more going right than not. And yet we don't take time to celebrate that. We kind of get, it's kind of a little screwy when you think about it that way. And so you always start with, you know, what are you proud of? And here's the key. As a manager, that can throw an employee off and what if they don't come up with something right it's like ah so be prepared that you've noticed something and you can start the conversation with well, here's what i noticed here's what i overheard when you were talking with you know mr jones or you know so what's you know what are you proud of what do you plan to focus on making sure there's alignment or what do you what do you want to learn and what can i do to make you know to clear the the, the obstacles, because that's what employees want their managers to do to, to clear the way so they can show up and just do their job without having to deal with some, you know, challenges that are thrown at them. And then the fourth question can be a little daunting. um so I say it's not for the faint of heart unless you really want the answer. And it's what can I do better? What can I do to better support you? Right. And that question has proven over, I've I've been using this for probably 15 years now, has proven to open the gate for really important critical conversations that need to be discussed. And without that question, they wouldn't have happened. Um, And so those one-on-one conversations, even if you just wanna do it a little more sporadically, I would so encourage every listener to to give it a go with one caveat. If you're not gonna follow up on the conversations, don't start them because what message does that send? And and I really advise to put a standing appointment on your calendars so that every week or every other week, your employees know they they own you, right? They get you that one-on-one time and it's their opportunity to bring up, you know, whatever is important to them in a private way. And I'm going to go back to care because I know Brad, you and I talked about it's important to demonstrate care.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and so, yeah, yeah, you you can tell I'm pretty turned There's on. One on one. So many things for me though,
2: Pat, There is I've been thinking about as you've been talking about these things. Um, I, I see it all the time you know, when we do our reviews with our employees uh, that. That the, they always have the difficult time, and they tell you they have a the difficult time of of t- telling you what they're proud of, uh, you know. And and uh, and you're absolutely right. Having one in your back pocket that you can share uh, is really important because it tells them that you're noticing as well, uh, that you're paying attention, that you are engaged with what they're doing. So I think that's a really important one. Um, the other. The other uh, one is we're, 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 we we're we we just talking one of the one of the idea on that that I heard in, in this conference was uh, is asking them how they contribute to the mission, oh, how their okay. role contributes to the mission, or the values of the company. And so we were talking about this in our senior staff meeting. But I said, here's the thing: before we add this, we need to go. You need to be able to answer that question for them when they can't because if they say i don't know and then you say yeah i don't know either (laughs) What what does that send right what message does that send to them you don't yeah your your job's worthless right so so yeah um so you have to be you have to be prepared and i think that's the other thing when you're doing this as a leader you have to be prepared don't go in Blind. You don't you gotta you've gotta know. Otherwise don't do it because you're absolutely right. You send the you completely send a horrible signal if yeah. uh if you're not prepared. So
0: yeah, I'd like to add one more step because what a lot of the, the managers, the leaders do is keep a binder. And so they file away um either electronically, some have you know iPads or I'm an iGirl, um uh, something electronic where they keep notes. And so they keep notes on the, on these forms and some people double side them. So they're not wasting paper and there's a tab in the binder for each direct report. And uh, so these pages go in. So there's follow-up because that goes back to accountability. So often we have conversations we they go, Oh, they got it. They're going to do it. And yet it's ethereal unless it's written down. And there's that follow-up and managers have shared over the years that it, makes them more accountable which they like and their engagement goes up along with the employees engagement going up so it's really it's a win-win strategy and and um highly highly recommend
2: yeah and that's something that you know so being a technology company everything we do is electronic but in our our reviews are electronic and so when we send the notes the reviews uh, so we write our notes, uh, and that goes into the employee file. But they get an email with those notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we when when they say these are the things they need to work on, it's there, and then that's talked about on a regular basis. How are you coming on this? Because you do have to hold them accountable. It also shows that you care and that you're paying attention. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the other thing. I, one other thing that you had said made me when when they're giving feedback about you mm-hmm. that difficult question. The only way that works is if they trust you. Yes. Right. And that's all the things we're talking about. Build that trust.
0: That's right. That's right. We could say that trust, even though we haven't used that word since we've been talking here, trust is that baseline. And all of these things contribute to, let's go to your trust bank account. Right. And you want to keep filling in more and more components of trust and honesty, integrity, you know, saying, doing what you say you're going to do. There's so many ways to look at, at trust. And, and I have a whole course on trust. So Brad, you hit my hot button again. Um, you know, trust starts within yourself, you know, so we're going to go to the leader perspective. And I love the simple little example. You, you know, you trust yourself to brush your teeth every pretty, most people do every morning and and, and every night and so to start with little things to build up so that, you know, you can trust yourself, you know, and people oftentimes have a um, um an interesting relationship with their alarm clock, you know, can you trust yourself to get up when the alarm clock goes off or do you play a game that, oh, I'm not going to trust myself when the alarm clock goes off. I'm going to trust myself to hit snooze two times. <laughs> 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 so whatever it takes to start building up that inner trust because that is what then shines forth and how you can build trust with others.
2: Well, oh, I had a roommate at the Air Force Academy that he trusted himself to hit the snooze button for about an hour.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we've
2: all crazy. Experience. Yeah. <laughs> well crazy. listen, we're getting close on time and, and uh I'd like to I'd like to give our viewers uh uh, two takeaways. So we we're about five minutes. Can we, can we, let's talk two takeaways that they can do.
0: Yep. I think that, um, one is invest in yourself as a leader. If you haven't already, there's no investment greater because let's go back to John Maxwell and his law of the lid that you got a lid. And and no one, your law of your lid of your leadership abilities is going to set the, the tone, the limit for how high your employees can step up, how engaged they'll be. So the greater our as leaders, leadership abilities, management abilities, coaching leader abilities, being a coaching leader, You know, I I lovingly say coach up or coach out and understanding what that means to you and to your organization and fellow team members. That all comes from investing in your own leadership skills. So I think that's number one. You ask for two, number two, invest in your team. A, A leader's results do not simply happen because of their results. It happens through the team and setting your team up to be as successful as possible is is essential. And Brad, you started it right at the beginning. It is essential. It really isn't an option anymore. You do have time. You have time for what you deem as most important and growing team members, that's, you know, giving them the autonomy. The only way they can have the autonomy is that they know what to do, setting them up for mastery, giving them that sense of bigger purpose. I mean, it, we've kind of come full circle. So
2: well, you know, it's you you say that you know, I don't have time and I tell all my employees whenever you hear yourself say I don't have the time, that's a red flag that you should then analyze whether that's true or not. Because it, what you're saying is is you have yes, we all have a limited amount of time, but you have time for lots of things and you're and it's about prioritizing right. right. So if the priority today was to sit on the couch for an hour and watch TV. Um, that took place. That took time from something else. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't do that. I don't mean that at all um, because you do need time to relax you need to, and whatever relaxing is for you, you have to take the time to do that. It's part of balance in life. It's a very important part. But when you say you don't have the time, you have to ask yourself, what else have I prioritized mm-hmm. in front of this? And then analyze, is that the correct priority? Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes, we find that it's not. Um, and there are so many books out there to read. In *The E Revisited*, they talk about uh, they talk about uh, the, the 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 entrepreneur who is baking pies, and she just she bakes the pies, and she doesn't build the business. I'm sure you talk about that in your in your business growth strategy classes. Yeah. Um, so, though I think those are that's really really important. I want to also, this is an unpaid advertisement for Daniel Pink, but you brought his name up. We give all of our employees uh, the book Drive. Uh, we encourage them to read that book, <clears throat> I encourage all of you to buy that book and read that book. It's so inspiring. It's it's, it, it's the psychology of what drives people and I think it's, a, it's the most important business book I've ever read. Uh, and then when you read that book, you'll be hooked. Uh, I've had seen Daniel think a bunch of times, and, and it's a lot of fun. So, well, well, Terry, that was right. awesome. And i starting for- words. Go for yes. it.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. Thank you. I have a favorite book too that I'd like to highly recommend. It's it, it, people might find it a little controversial because it's called The Nine Lies About Work by Marcus Buckingham, and right. it's it's an amazing read. Like I took notes and typed up five pages of notes from the book because there's so many um important points for today, what we're going, what's going on in the workplace, in the workforce. So right up there, with Daniel Pink is Marcus Buckingham.
2: Okay, so what we'll do is uh viewers will we'll post this. I'll have, we'll get that, we'll post uh, the link to the Inc. magazine, we'll post the link to the article you talked about. We'll post the links to, to, to both the books. Uh, um, so, you'll get all that information uh, on our website and in the newsletter that we send out after this. So, um, so you'll have all that. Terry, thank you so much. Now the cool thing is, you are back next month, I mean, you're taking the whole hour. So that means a lot less work for me. <laughs> so tell us what you're going to be doing next month.
0: Next month, we're going to be talking about the business growth formula, business x-ray, the diagnostic tool on how to uncover and get to the root causes of what might be causing you challenges, Um, like an undercurrent. We call them, um, you know, stop playing whack-a-mole, those little things that keep popping up. So I'm gonna have, um, I'm gonna see how the time goes, possibly two, I'm thinking more like three guests to talk about their experiences and key takeaways that they can share with your listeners and viewers on how to elevate team engagement, how to grow your business? How to make it more scalable? And um, you know, whatever, come prepared with whatever your challenges, and we'll, we'll, uh, the goal will be to provide resolution for whatever challenges you have through the experience of three CEOs and, and leaders who are quite dynamic in their own right.
2: Outstanding. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Look forward to having you back next month.